0: Hello, team. Welcome to the Strong, Healthy, Happy podcast. The podcast that teaches you how to build a strong, healthy, happy body with an anti-diet culture and mental health approach. I'm Liz Campbell, owner and trainer at M12 Fitness. Let's get on with today's episode so you can start building a strong, healthy, happy body. Today, we're talking all about inflammation, what it is, what it's caused by, and how it can be treated. Inflammation, is a thing the body naturally does anyway, but if it becomes chronic, it's something that can cause some problems. Katie Keller from the nutrition room is joining me again today to talk all about this topic. Hi, Katie. Hi, Liz. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining me for this. Okay. So just kind of right off the bat. Um, and I know kind of talking to you about this kind of earlier this week made me realize I really don't know a lot about this topic. So First and
1: foremost, what is inflammation? Let's just start with the basic because it tends to be one of those buzzwords out there that everyone hears, but maybe doesn't really know what it is. But inflammation, it's basically just inflammation in the body. So it's our body's immune response to illness or injury. um, And it's stimulated or activated when our immune system gets signaled that we need to heal or protect ourselves. Um, so the body sends out inflammatory cells in order to do this. So generally speaking, inflammation, it's really just an indicator of some sort of illness or injury. And it's the body's way to protect itself against harm or any foreign substances like bacteria, for example, and it just like you said it is normal it's a normal response that promotes healing, and so inflammation is actually not necessarily always a bad thing it's it's a means to survival for us. You know, we often hear about inflammation as this very negative thing. And so before we get into that, I think it's important to acknowledge that there are two different types of inflammation. There's acute and chronic inflammation. So acute inflammation is it's short lived. And it's inflammation that could last for, you know, minutes, it might last for days. And when it happens, it's helpful because it helps prevent infection and it helps the body to heal. um, And it prevents whatever has happened from turning into something more serious. And, you know, it just helps bring the body back to like a state of homeostasis in terms of our health. Whereas the, the chronic inflammation is usually the inflammation that we're hearing people talk about. And it's more of a longer term response. Um, and so it could last weeks, months, maybe years, depending on you know why someone has it. And it usually happens when an acute afl- sorry, an acute inflammatory response fails to resolve whatever the injury or the illness or the infection is. Oh, okay. Um and so it happens when your immune system believes there are constantly foreign substances within the body, or um, the body's in a constant state of injury and it can do this, it can produce an inflammatory response, even when it's not necessary. So when this happens, when your body is unnecessarily in a prolonged state of inflammation, it may actually no longer be helpful and and actually end up causing discomfort. So basically, the chronic inflammatory response is when the body's immune system fails to maintain that state of homeostasis of health. Okay, so
0: if I was to kind of take what you said and almost kind of give an example of like an acute um, inflammatory response. That would be something when we like get a paper cut
1: or scrape our knee, I'm assuming. Exactly. Yeah. Paper cuts, a perfect example, twist your ankle and, you know, maybe it hurts for a day, a couple of days, and then, you know, your body does its thing and kind of heals it. So it really is short term. That being said, what
0: would be an example of kind of like a chronic inflammatory response?
1: Chronic inflammation can happen for a variety of reasons. So again, it is just when the body's continuing to send those inflammatory cells, even when there's no no more danger. And so it can happen sort of if you have untreated or unresolved um, acute inflammation um, or recurrent episodes of acute inflammation, for example, in instances of arthritis. Oh, um, okay. it can happen if the body fails to eliminate an infectious organism that's causing acute inflammation. So if you have a parasite,
0: ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, it can also happen, um, from like exposure to the chronic exposure to toxins. So if you're someone who maybe your job is around, um, industrial chemicals and you're not wearing the, the appropriate protective gear or, you know, just environmental pollution as well, but it it can also happen with an immune disorder. So if your immune system is not functioning properly and, you know, you have a diagnosis of something like lupus where the body constantly thinks that it's healthy tissue is not healthy and not safe. And so it's constantly kind of sending out those inflammatory cells to try and heal something that doesn't actually need healing. It's also associated with uh, other chronic conditions like stroke or chronic respiratory diseases like asthma, for example, heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer disease, diabetes. So yeah, some, a big variety of different situations where we can experience chronic inflammation.
0: Wow. So kind of going back to homeostasis, that word that you were talking about, what exactly is homeostasis?
1: It's just a state of being where our body is healthy and happiest. And so all inflammation is doing is trying to keep your body in a state that it is healthiest and it can continue to survive. So, right, if we go back to to something like the little paper cut example, you have that trauma to say the finger, that's where it is. um, And it sends out these inflammatory cells or substances that create inflammatory cells, right to the site. Right. And then it, you know, tries to trap the bacteria that might be trying to to get in to infect you um, so that you aren't getting an infection and you can actually heal up the skin and then you no longer have that injury and that risk of getting infection. Okay. So it's just,
0: it's keeping your body healthy and happy and balanced basically. Exactly. Oh, awesome. Okay. So another question that I have, like, what are, what are some symptoms
1: of chronic inflammation? This can be a tricky one to identify. Acute inflammation, obviously, is very easy to identify. It's usually on the outside. You know, you might have like swelling or redness or something like that. But when it's chronic, it's usually on the inside. And so the way it presents is maybe not quite as obvious. But some of the more common signs to look for, if you have like lack of energy, you're really fatigued all the time. Um, Some people can even experience insomnia. Oh, okay. um, if you get a lot of headaches, that might be a sign. Um, abdominal pain or altered digestion. So maybe you're getting a lot of constipation or a lot of diarrhea. Changes in appetite, changes in your weight. Maybe you have a lot of body aches and pains or joint pain, swelling and stiffness. Uh, you could also get a lot of really frequent infections. And it can actually affect the mood too. So if you're, you know, if you have depression or anxiety or some sort of mood disorder, these could all be things that signify that maybe you do have some chronic inflammation going on.
0: So chronic inflammation is a very invisible thing. You can't tell someone is dealing with that just by looking at them.
1: Yeah. And I think it's just because there are so many different reasons why someone could be experiencing chronic inflammation. So one thing that i kind of have heard in the past is that certain
0: foods can cause inflammation is this true
1: um yeah so i i might need to get on my soapbox a little bit before diving into this <laughs> yeah um because i never like to blame foods um because really all foods fit and there's never like a single food that we can blame on anything mm-hmm. yeah. um and like when we start to label foods as black and white this you know, can moralize it and contribute to that yo-yo diet cycle. That's so damaging that we did talk about in one of our previous conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, and over time, eventually like it can lead to disordered eating patterns. So I just, I just want to clarify, there's never a specific or individual food that contributes to any illness or disease, And if anyone is telling you the opposite, like telling you this, or they're telling you the opposite, that there is a specific food um, that's going to fix it or cure it, um, I would say run in the opposite direction. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And the diet industry does like to use the word inflammatory or inflammation as a buzzword to sort of scare people into buying their products. And though inflammation is a very real thing, they tend to misinterpret in order to get the Mm -hmm. buy-in. So I'm going to talk about some foods that can contribute to inflammation, but I just want everyone to know that it's still okay to include these foods and, you know, eating them is not bad. It's not wrong. It's not unsafe. Um, Because we have to really think about what we're eating in a big picture, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Meaning it's not the individual situation where you eat them, but the overall trend over like a prolonged period of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not to mention that diet is not the end-all be-all. So there still are other modifiable factors when it comes to reducing inflammation as well. Okay, great. Soapbox overs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So with nutrition and inflammation, researchers really are like trying to still figure out what specifically we eat and how that affects inflammation. But so far it does look like there may be con- specific foods that contribute to inflammation. And so this includes foods that, you know, are highly processed or foods that are higher in sodium, sort of like ready, ready to eat meals. Okay. Yeah. Um, foods that are high in trans fats. Um which we're actually lucky to be in Canada, because um, trans fats have actually been banned from packaged foods.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, oh, good for us. That's great. I know. Yeah. Um, and then also foods that are high in saturated fat. So these are the types of fats that are solid at room temperature. So if you think about like coconut oil, for example, if you just leave it out, it tends to be more solid. So a quick way to sort of guide your assessment of what kind of fat it is Um, and so it can come from other types of tropical oils like palm oil but it mostly comes from animal products like meats you know they got that thick ring of fat on it that's mostly saturated fats or higher fat dairy products Again, there's like, I just want to clarify, there's still a place for all of these foods and it's not a bad thing to have them. And in fact, some of these foods can be really good sources of specific nutrients, but yeah, if you are someone whose goal is to reduce inflammation for whatever reason, you might just want to take a step back and look at how much of those foods are you eating and how can you replace them with foods that might help you reduce inflammation?
0: So it's the quantity of those foods that we want to watch. Obviously, like you were saying, all foods fit we're not telling you to not eat these things. It's just something you shouldn't have often, I I guess. Right.
1: Yeah. We just want to, we just want to look at the quantity and the frequency of them. And so if it's something that's happening, you know, are you actually having what a food from each of these categories um, every single day, multiple times a day, how can we look at things to sort of rejig So that you can include the foods that are going to reduce inflammation, replace them with some of those foods that are maybe promoting a little bit of inflammation.
0: Okay. So on the flip side of that, what foods reduce inflammation?
1: Yeah. And I love talking about that because I always love talking about what you can add in instead of what we need to take out or restrict. Mm -hmm. It just feels so much better when we think about things that way. Mm -hmm. So when we look at inflammation and trying to to structure an anti-inflammatory diet, the easiest way to sort of encompass everything is to look at the Mediterranean lifestyle. So just the types of foods that they include, most of these foods end up having some anti-inflammatory properties. And these are foods that are higher in unsaturated fats. Um, So for example, the oils that are, you know, liquid at room temperature or like olive oils um, or fatty fish like salmon and mackerel and trout and sardines also foods that are high in fiber so you know lots of veggies lots of fruit whole grains nuts and seeds um, and then foods that are high in polyphenols which are actually micronutrients plant-based micronutrients that have an antioxidant activity and they promote health benefits and so this comes from a lot from our very brightly colored vegetables and fruits okay awesome I was like, I was going through your list. I'm like, yep, like that.
0: Yep, like that. Yep, like that. (laughs) I could totally live in the Mediterranean and just thrive, I think.
1: (laughs) Oh, I know. They just have such delicious cuisine. So definitely satisfying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how is inflammation actually diagnosed in someone? Certainly if you're suspect of it um, and you're experiencing some of the signs and the symptoms that we, you know, had just talked about, or you're someone who has, Risk different various risk factors for chronic inflammation. I would recommend going to your doctor and you can get a test for a protein that's called C reactive protein or CRT, CRP. And this is just a protein that can indicate inflammatory levels within the body. And it's just done with a simple blood test. Um, So if your CRP is elevated, then your doctor can tell you that, yes, there is inflammation in the body. Unfortunately, it doesn't tell you why you're having that inflammation or where that inflammation is happening. But if you are concerned about it, um, it is a good starting point to to start some investigation. Great.
0: And so say someone goes to their doctor, takes this test, turns out, yeah, okay, they are kind of showing showing this protein. If someone comes to you with these test results, where do you start them?
1: I would probably want to look at their health history. So do they have any current diagnoses? Like, do they have a history of a stroke? Do they have anything gut related like Crohn's or colitis? So kind of looking at what their where their health history lies. Um, and then there are some risk factors that are associated with, with chronic inflammation. So for example, how old are they? Because as we age, we we can become a little bit higher risk at getting more inflammation. What does their diet look like? Are they lacking a lot of anti-inflammatory foods? Are they eating a lot of those pro-inflammatory foods? Looking at their stress levels, what are their sleep patterns like? Are they sleeping in irregular patterns? And then of course, looking at smoking and alcohol history, two things that can contribute as well.
0: Katie, this has been- super, super informative. Thank you so much.
1: You're very welcome. I'm, I'm always happy to be here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Where can everyone find you both
1: online and on social media? Yes. Come check us out. Um, our website is www.thenutritionroom.com or visit our Instagram page at the underscore nutrition room. Send us a DM, ask us questions. We love chatting. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much, Katie. Thanks so much, Liz. That's our episode. Thanks so much for your
0: time team. I always appreciate you being here. If you enjoyed today's episode, I invite you to like, share, subscribe, and I would truly appreciate a review if you feel so inclined to leave one. Check out what M12 Fitness is all about and what we offer at m12fitness.com. That's m12fitness.com. And find us on Facebook and Instagram at M12 fitnessliz Thanks again so much for being part of the team and I'll be back with more soon.